welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Alright, I know we're on gaming's biggest night, the markers on the map top 10 plays of 2023, part 2. Is that the Game Awards? That's usually well, the gaming's I, biggest night. I mean, I love Jeff's show, and it has been known to be gaming's biggest night, but I can't <laughs> I can't say our own show isn't just as important to me. So, I mean, <laughs> to you. us, yeah. It's, 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 it's good. I mean, it's, it's every night whenever we record this then. Or morning, I guess. <laughs> but it does release at night. It releases at 12 a.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, I have a pickle before we get started. And it's about pickles. No, oh, is that like not a cucumber? All right. <laughs> you know, as we haven't done one of these in the intro for a while. <laughs> is it a food? Is it food related? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a pickle about pickles. Okay. I thought that so, you were just really going in hard on the pickle joke, but it is about pickles. Okay. No, no, no. It really is. <laughs> Um, so you and me, I, I think it's safe to say we like a good chicken sandwich. Yeah, uh, I think they're more superior than, like, a hamburger. I think chicken is just a better, like, protein meat than, than like, a lot of, like, hamburger meat. Yeah, I, 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 I have certain feelings about chicken. Like, some I like, some I don't like. Some is, you know, the, the thickness of the meat itself versus the ratio of, you know, breading to chicken to patty, or whatever. Yeah. But that's... Besides the point, mm-hmm. I really like pickles, mm-hmm. and you know, do you like pickles like on their own? It depends. I, I really say this: I don't mind pickles on my chicken sandwich. I prefer not to. I just kind of like the the the. I think the patty itself should speak for its own and not have any other things to really enhance its flavors. I kind of prefer it on the side. Uh, same thing with okay. like a meatball sub or a pastrami sub. Like I kind of just oh, prefer well, yeah. that on the side. So a place we go does this thing where they put the pickle spear on the side mm-hmm. and that, you know, you can like have a bit of the sandwich and then have a bit of the pickle. And a reason I think that works for me is because I like the pickles better when they're cold. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pickles usually get put onto the chicken sandwich and mm-hmm. then for, they're they're cooler for a while, but then they get warm and soggy. And that's when I'm like, okay, I'm starting not to feel this. So I don't know, is, is it weird that now I, like, I was thinking of this before we recorded because I was eating a chicken sandwich and yes. I put pickles on it. I was like, you know what, should I put the pickles on as I go instead of having them, like, sit there on the, the, the in the bun on the meat? You know what, that might be it. That actually might be the answer why I don't like it on my sandwich because they do get, like, soggy and and it loses its flavor and the best part of a pickle is the crunch it's when you get a pickle and you just you get that satisfying crunch and that's the it's like it's like any other good cucumber because obviously it's crisp and refreshing so i think you kind of figured out why i never thought about but that probably is it i don't like anything soggy like like tomatoes, I don't like tomatoes either on my sandwich. I don't it, like tomatoes at all. Uh, very few <laughs> times do I eat a, a regular sub sandwich with tomatoes, and I'm fine with it. But that's because there's other things to it. But yeah, like I feel like when it comes to chicken sandwich, 
you you see a fry patty, you think like it should be crispy. I think if it sogs up the the pickles, it, it kind of does take away that like. That's why I rather have it on the side. I I you know I I get it. I understand it. Yeah, but I like it. Like I said, it loses its flavor too. Cause like I like a I like a not too spicy pickle, but a spicier than normal pickle, and it's all kind of like all flavored out by the time you get to it if it's like at the end of the bun so now now i'm like now i want to start just putting them in as i go kind of like people like pour sauce on a burger as they go sometimes or like dip it as they go i've done that a few times i just but it's just like i think it's worth that extra step to have the cool and crisp pickle versus you know some places put like five pickles on their chicken Mm. sandwich and by the end of it it's like they're flat and soggy and there's nothing left to it and it's just sometimes they stop tasting good i don't know why i'm on this this morning but like i was like man i really want some pickles on this chicken sandwich that i had left over from a, a restaurant last night mm. and I'm like i put them on and then i'm like well it's just not as good as it could have been if i just ate them on the side like in that other <laughs> other place because you get that like sour flavor that literally like refreshing i don't know i'm going on too much about it <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole we i mean we always kind of go overboard with the the food items but yeah i i think i i think i agree on basically most of it like you said i like i rather just have it on the side because sometimes the flavor is too much with the food like I, I for me at least i really do think that the the patty itself should speak for its own and not have anything else to to bring out the flavor i think the patty itself should do it so that's why i prefer it on the side that's how i am with certain like meats that i eat like certain like pork chops or Mm -hmm. like fried pork chops or whatever it's like i don't want any sauce on them because i think it distracts from like the seasonings and care that was put into making it taste good on its own so like i'm not a big sauce person except for me like fries but then even i'll eat fries by themselves if they're like salted and like crispy enough but like some fries are just like some fries just don't come out the same and you gotta dip them in the in the sauce. Yeah. Wow, what a anyway. five minute intro about food. Uh, what mostly a five pickles. minute intro. <laughs> we didn't have any jokes about our guests in the audience or the winners of the game war or the markers on the map top ten plays last week. So I figured we'd open with something a little more lighthearted. Yeah. Um, but this is Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where we do have our five through one in the top ten plays of 2023 this year. My name is Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Robert, to whom it's technically still gaming's biggest night for us, but like, it's it's been a week mm-hmm. since we recorded. <laughs> so how you doing? Uh, uh, same old, same old. Tired, whatever. You know, fine. Uh, glad to 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 be the weekend as always. Uh, Me but... too. Uh, you know, just just life being life. But you know, I saw. I, I, you know what? It's been a even though you know the the regularness of of life was boring and just you know just being regular. I did see a rainbow Thursday, and that was pretty cool. I saw. A, you know, a Thursday was just. A, I saw a rainbow and a bird that I've never seen before out in the wild. So I'm like, yeah, that's a good bird. That's a cool bird. I don't know what it was. I can never. <laughs> I couldn't identify what it was, but it was a. It wasn't like your regular same like like pigeons or crows it was just it was a it was a different type of bird i didn't know what it was but i was like that's a cool bird that's cool i'm also tired this week <laughs> i'm i'm it's 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 tiring weeks like this that make me glad that i'm recording it i'm, I'm getting we're talking about video games for for a for a little while on the weekend to get it get a nice podcast episode going because i need that that energy of like oh you know 
some some reprieve after <laughs> a tough week. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, before we get into our top ten plays, uh, part two, um, there has been a lot of news uh, concerning announcements of games and everything, mm-hmm. and you know rumors about upcoming things and everything. And we will get back to that uh, starting next week when regular episodes, you know, get back into swing. We'll mm-hmm. do another launch lineup episode at some point, depending on the announcement. You know, we're we're on the you know nintendo direct watch thing where oh is there a direct is there a new console announcement yeah it's it's funny how you can kind of figure out how scheduling works with gaming usually the beginning of the year there will be some type of some 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 type of showcase from any company announcing release dates for things that were announced last year and maybe new projects in the future it always kind of happens that way very early in the year it's just Here's a showcase of things that we've announced that are having a final release date either this year or being pushed back. And then maybe some new ideas here and there, but just ideas, not really full announcements. Yeah. So with that being said, we'll get really in-depth with some of these things next week. Mm -hmm. And I also still want to talk about the winners of the actual, you know, Game Awards Mm -hmm. show um, and how... Baldur's Gate 3, uh, 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 an isometric RPG of the like, like a D&D thing, winning Game of the Year is kind of a big deal. Um, But... We'll we're gonna talk quickly about a few of the announcements from the state of play and go more in depth with them next week because there's a lot to unpack to this one. I thought it was an actually really good showing, especially mm. for something that dropped in February. Um, a lot of I, I don't want to say as many new things were announced as things that just got updates, but these are things that haven't gotten updates in a while. I think it's been over a year for Death Stranding two. It's definitely been over two years since the last big thing for stellar blade mm-hmm. um, that was revealed at that um really incredible playstation showcase back at the end of 2021 um so we'll talk about we'll, we'll have a few little things right now about that and then we'll get into finishing off our top 10 plays of the year so um robert what's the, what's the first thing we should we should bring up here from the the state of play the state of play i guess the first thing they kind of announced i missed the beginning part of it i did watch it um i believe they announced uh stellar blade with its yes, release, the release date. date. So, uh, always was when they announced it. Always interested and good to see that there's a, a release date pretty soon. So I, uh, I, to... I, I'll admit, I was getting worried about this game ever coming out because it was radio silence for such a long time. Mm-hmm. But they never delayed it, so I was never that worried. It was like until they say something about it, I, I, you should expect it to at least release some sometime soon. Yeah, so this looks like, you know, a hack and slash game or character action game in the vein of something like Devil May Cry or Bayonetta with a really cool world design and character design. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually really hyped for this. I don't know, something about the way the UI looks and everything, but, you know, I'm really kind of a, a, a fan of, t- like, these types of games. Uh-huh. Um, it almost looks like it could be, like, similar to Nier Automata, except maybe... You know, the in-between combat sections could probably be a little better because, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan. But for the sake of, you know, being brief about this, Will, um, and talking more about it next week, what's the next big thing that we want a quick reaction on? Just from memory, uh, Dave the Diver is some game that has a Godzilla collab, mostly just talking about the Godzilla stuff. Uh, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, indie, indie dev... Uh, or indie darling Dave the Diver is getting a Godzilla DLC. So now I'm a little more curious, but Dave the Diver, I don't know. I, I, the game I've heard talked about by so many people, but I'm just not quite sold on it yet. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to, I'll have to see. Um, we did also get uh, a new trailer for Rise of the Ronin, a Gameplay. game, another game that got announced a while ago, yes. but we've seen updates on it. Um, the initial take here is that one. Yokohama, I'm like, wow, the same location as in, in Japan is like a dragon. Um, 
but uh, what I'm getting from this is that it kind of has this like almost Ghost of Tsushima feel to it. Combined it has a with to something it. like Neo. Yeah, that's what that's which the I'm what worried I got. about the difficulty. Yeah. Like I want them to have a difficulty select because this looks like a fun game. Whereas Ghost of Tsushima feels more like an action game in an open world, this feels like it's going to have more customizable elements mm-hmm. or like armors or different weapons, so it might have more of a Sekiro or like an Elden Ring aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that they consider difficulty select because I don't know if I can handle a, a Souls like right now. <laughs> no, yeah, it's we'll see. Uh, I feel like we. I said earlier to you that Sekiro and Ghost have opened up the gates for a uh, Japanese open world like samurai games. So I'm mm-hmm. I, I like that. I'm excited for that. I like that. So and you know, more the merrier. Even if it's a little bit difficult, I like the idea of of going to. I don't know that that era of of old fashion like red Dead redemption cowboys and just samurai stuff it's just always i like it appeals to me i like it yeah i like open and traveling around this this is closer to the like a dragon ishin time period this is like the 1800s yes like late 1800s i believe so this is like wait i mean ghost of tsushima i believe is 1200 somewhere around so it's it's like 600 years after ghost of tsushima so yeah there's, there's bound to be like um you know, like pistols and stuff like that, just like in like in mm-hmm. Um, we have a Sonic and Shadow Generations, which I take to be a remaster of Generations, but also they're throwing in Shadow levels, um, mm-hmm. because you have Shadow the Hedgehog levels in this. Um, so that's pretty cool. Probably doing this to tie in basically with the Sonic the Hedgehog three movie, um, which is due to come out at the end of this year. Still, if everything with filming goes well and all that, um. Let's see. Uh, God, I'm missing something here. Uh, There's an Until Dawn re. Oh, Silent Hill. Yeah, I was so like, wait, Until Dawn he, remaster. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Silent right. Hill two. Until Dawn. <laughs> we'll talk about it real quick. Uh, should not be a full price game because that game is not changing. It's just a re. It's just a remaster. They're just re-releasing it with probably a 60 frames, solid 60 frames. Uh, if you played it before, you shouldn't. You should just wait and then get it when it's. Is it cheaper. controversial to say it should be a free upgrade for people who already have, have the, the PS4? Or version? is that going too far? It's one of those things where the game is so old they probably won't. But it's one of those uh-huh. things I said. Once you played it once, you know the story. So anyone or maybe a ten dollar upgrade like Last of Us. Too. Probably even five. I would say like five ten dollar upgrade. But <laughs> they want to at least make some money on it because it has. It, it was an early PS4 title, so. Yeah, that's fine. very early. Uh, Silent Hill Two and uh, Silent Hill Short Message uh, Shadow Drop. There's like I thought it was a demo. I guess it's a full on just like mini like short game. It's like it's like a bite sized yeah. full on story. So um, for Silent Hill, yeah, Shadow Drop that dropped. Um, Silent Hill Two gameplay. Uh, we know it was announced. They're having some gameplay. It has Resident Evil remake. Uh, sort of gameplay and vibes which i feel like silent hills and resident evil when they were first released they've always went hand in hand with the same type of gameplay and like theme of horror and suspense and and dreary like areas and desolate areas and stuff like that so i feel like here's the thing if it was any other type of gameplay style it would have not worked with silent hill it had to kind of be that you know resident evil remake style which i don't mind uh, to me, they always felt like cousins to each other. Yes. Where Resident Evil would lean more into being silly, and Silent Hill would lean more into being the frightening, serious, like yeah, elder cousin or something like that. Resident Evil was definitely the 
the cool cousin that that plays sports while Silent Hill was the the edgy cousin that's into yeah. books and <laughs> horror and just like they're very like you know like you know what Silent Hill 2 is the real Sonic and Shadow generations <laughs> but uh yeah that so we got that Death Stranding 2 uh oh boy trailer talk about a trailer talk about some type of yeah trailers that's just it's death stranding what do you expect the kojima um i will say this to you robert i know you haven't played through all of death stranding but i cannot see how that that trailer for death stranding 2 spoiled anything because even i don't know what's going on and, and i have platinumed and done everything possible in death stranding i have no idea what's going on yeah that that is a, a pretty announcement and then they brought kojima out to announce uh, a new movie slash game like collab like i don't know if it'll be at the same time one before the other whatever it may be it's a new ip in the espionage genre powered backed up by sony sony seems to be backing this one up because yeah, it's so also be exclusive for yeah, sure it's because it's also tied with the Colombian, which is a sony uh property it's owned by its own and, and pushed by sony so i think that might be the pretty big highlights we're only yeah. really initially talking about certain things here and there right now we will definitely talk about this stuff in depth a little bit more maybe next week yeah uh because like i said there's probably gonna be more announcements next week it just feels like direct time is coming and if not a direct then the console announcement from nintendo it just feels like the switch is reaching that point yeah it's ho- hopefully soon but that that those are just initial just uh kind of things we want to talk about we, we know it happened we, i watched it uh we'll, we'll definitely talk about it later all right then robert back to our top 10 plays of 2023 last week we did 10 through 6 this week we will do 5 through 1 1 being each of our top play of the year um would you like to start us off with your number five see i started off last week so why don't you start off you want me to start with my number five let's let's take turns yeah number five is a game that is slightly higher on my list than is on yours okay so we're gonna see a few repeats here um but with some different things to say number five for me um for years Almost 20 years, in fact. I believe about 18, 18 and a half. New Super Mario Bros. was the template for Mario games in general. There was one on the DS. There was one on the Wii. There was one on the Wii U. A remake of it on the Switch. And people started to get sick and tired of the more formulaic approach. Um, The idea that these Mario games kind of shared a similar identity. Now, that's not to say that they were bad games. But they did have a very similar DNA. The power-ups might have been different. There might have been multiplayer on some of them. And that was all good fun. But last year, Nintendo announced and released Super Mario Bros. Wonder. And it was probably the biggest shakeup the series has seen since its transition from a 2D platformer to a 3D platformer. Um, So this feels more akin to something like Mario World, in which each level has kind of its own unique identity or gimmick. It's something that the platformer genre keeps. uh, It's something that they do. In a game like Donkey Kong Country 2, every level like, is going to have a different theme or mechanic. Some of the backgrounds and music might be the same, but the enemy type or the 
the type of obstacle it revolves around is going to change. And Super Mario Bros. Wonder does this in a couple ways. It does a central core mechanic for each level, like one level might have Koopa Troopas on roller skates that are going through the level, or, or a level might have you riding on top of a bull-themed enemy um, in like a almost like so they can like bash into Mm. blocks and everything or you you send them in different directions but each level also as we said has a wonder seed and a wonder effect that will change it dramatically and even the similar wonder effects because there is a like groupings of three levels that will have a wonder effect that shares dna but it will do it differently Mm. one might have you going sideways with this effect another one might go have you going up and down with this effect and then you might have a zero gravity version of this effect there are levels where you switch over to a more Zelda-like top-down perspective once the Wonder uh, Seed is activated. Mm-hmm. There are levels where you might be in one of you know Bowser's fortresses and the Wonder Effect will be a gauntlet where you need to keep dodging um, a laser similar to you know any platformer where there's like a little laser that follows your character around the screen and it'll freeze for a second and so you have that little bit of time to move out of the way. Um, there are musical numbers. There are p- timed platforming challenges that are set to music that are, you know, some of these can get extremely challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's different move sets that's never been in a Mario game before. Um, the best one for me is the canon one, I believe, is the um, like the parachute cap where you can have a little bit of like, you know, like riding a parachute down mm-hmm. to, to, to float down instead of just your regular jump. Um, you don't have to use these badges, the but it's cool yeah. that they're there. Yeah, um, there's one where you're just constantly running. There's one where you're invisible. Now, what's the point of that? There's not really a point to that. But if you wanted to challenge yourself to play the game invisible, it's mm-hmm. there. Um, some badges will start you off with certain uh, power-ups and everything. And the power-ups are really cool in this. Um, bubble is fine. Um, but I really like the other two elephant mostly because it does give you that extra hit and it's it's pretty cool to have the the bigger characters and i don't know it's the more unique power up it's the one that's like it's themed around this elephant thing that changes the way you look um but i think my favorite is probably the 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 spiny hat because there or the drill hat my fault the drill hat Mm -hmm. um i do like the fact that you can like go into the ceiling and the game is not revolved around you, like, being able to skip over levels, being in the ceiling. It's just cool to go into the ceiling and, like, pop down and, like, destroy enemies. Or, you know, use the drill to do a ground pound into, like, a spiked enemy and go underground. Um, but the power-ups are not the star of the show in this game. It's it's the wonder effects themselves, the mm-hmm. joy, and, for lack of a better word, wonder that they bring to the game makes every level feel fresh. Um, it does get really intensely challenging if you're going for all the purple flower coins or, or the bonus levels. But the game does give you a, a suite of accessibility features in the form of different characters. Yoshi's not taking damage. Nabbit's not taking damage or knockback. So if you're struggling, there's really a character for you to, to choose. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to go through a little more briskly. Um, the world map is full of secrets, surprises. There's really just something to do around every every turn there are small little levels where you can get you know a wonder seed that have like oh jump on a few boxes um you might have these levels where you have to search for hidden flower coins that are like invisible and certain characters can knock invisible blocks Mm. um off and reveal paths um there's those are a little bit better in multiplayer um of which there is a form of online where you're like 
you know, doing ghosts with other people and placing signs down that might res people if they, like, die in the middle of a level. Mm. Um, definitely has some of the coolest fights the Mario series has ever had. The final boss in particular is very inspired. Um, I won't spoil it, obviously, because you haven't gotten to the final boss, but it is one of the cooler final bosses in Mario. It might be the coolest design, I think. Um, but it does have, like, the reinvention of, you know, the airship stages where... Um, it'll end with a generic Bowser fight, but they've got their own little robotic twist on it, and this shows up a couple times through the game. Um, world design, new enemies for the first time in God knows how long. Um, it's just a really complete package. Mm -hmm. um, now, the hope would be for them to, the next iteration of 2D Mario to be as good. But I don't want them to be stuck in a new Super Mario Bros. situation where they are doing Super Mario Bros. Wonder for, you know, almost 20 years. I want them to continue mm. to push it in a way um, that feels fresh each time. So, yeah, that's my number five. For for that is I would think they should switch from regular platformer to, to a 3D, like maybe another like Odyssey, Odyssey type of mario yeah you know i think odyssey 2 could work out because odyssey has a similar level of creativity mm -hmm. um as wonder where wonder feels like they're just doing like odd things because of course they need to do odd like New off of all thing, things yeah. that's the point odyssey does take the creativity of you know 3d marios in a way that's not only different from galaxy but, like, just as cool and refreshing by having each of the areas themed around something different and Mario's quirky transformations with Cappy. Like, you could be, like, a tank in one level or mm -hmm. you could be, uh, like, a spoon. Uh, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of cool things there. Um, the Mario series, I think, is in, a, is in a, a really good place right now. So, plus they had the, um, the Bowser's Fury, which feels like it was okay mm -hmm. i i didn't find it to be replayable but i did enjoy you know playing that game i just thought that it's central mechanic of like oh bowser is gonna like go huge every like 10 minutes or so and then you have to like fight him got a little taxing when mm -hmm. like the 3d platforming there was pretty all right as it as it went but yeah that, that's my number five super mario bros wonder what about you uh my number five is actually a game I'm very surprised to even make my top five. I'm surprised it even made, like, top ten in general. Uh, I played It Takes Two this year. Ooh. Um, we didn't play it together, which we probably should do a playthrough at some point. Because yeah. it actually is... I am very, very surprised at actually how great this game is. It's not good, it's great. When it initially, you know, back when it was, you know, released and it won the game awards for best game of the year i said there are some other really good contenders for that i don't know how this game from a guy who seems to make some pretty all good stuff you know it's like he went straight for you know he went straight for the gold and he got game of the year uh not a lot of people who are developers can say that you know within their first couple tries it seems it seems like he's been he i, I here's the thing i know he's been in the entertainment industry for a while but video games seems to be a very new like journey for, I forget well, his Yo name. Joseph Ferris yeah. did Brothers, uh, A Tale of Two... Uh, uh, it's called Brothers. It, yeah. it was an iOS game, out. and then he did A Way Out yeah. before this. That's the thing. Like, it, it's still, like, when you look at some people who, who've, who've worked on games further, like, it, like I said, it's, I feel like he's still in the game industry, very new, compared to some other people who've been in it for a while. Like, I know he's been in entertainment for a while, but this is seems something pretty, like, new. It's just, it's shockingly good. It's... 
where it's like okay you know it's pretty good the, the it's it's a uh, not not to say the gameplay style but the the uh how do i say it's the 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 imagination of mario wonder in this game as well where it's like you take certain things that you didn't think would work and it just does and they add quirky funny creative it's so much creativity just happening in this game that it's like i said it's shockingly surprising how well this game not only looks but plays and just how well the two-player couch co-op and you know uh online co-op just works I'm pretty sure there's there should be couch cold for this. I believe so because yeah, I think so. I think it's like I think it's got a split screen mode. I could be wrong. It's always split screen, but I do think that you can. It's like it'd be weird if because I think it, it's always in split screen. But uh, I really do think you can play. Uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm I'm you know maybe I'm wrong. Someone could correct me, but I hopefully there's couch cold. But it was just my my reaction is just how like I said how shocked how generally good. I'm like this game is amazing. This game is great. Uh, like halfway through the game, I said, "Okay, this I can understand why it won Game of the Year." Like I said, it controls super well. The story is actually very nice. Uh, it has a really good uh, character development between the two couples because it's a. It, I can say the very the, the plot of it is two married couples that their marriage is in shambles. They're they're falling out of love and and things like that. It's that I hold that every day of life is kind of getting to them so they don't have time for each other and they just instead of looking at what they've done together things that they used to be good at or things that reasons why it's just life and work and this and that and you know who needs this and it's just a whole entire story with very the, the voice acting is just amazing I love the I forget the book's character what was his book character name I forget his name it's been a while it's like I played this very early on almost like yeah a, yeah a I remember you were playing ago. that it was a while ago um that's why I want to do an, another playthrough because just the the themes of each area you go to in this game are are like I said are like Mario Wonders level like you expect like of course you expect the they're dolls now so you get to do the regular just like oh now a tree is a big old you know big old area because you know they're doll size so trees and outside areas are 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 now like full jungles but they go to some pretty crazy like areas in in the game like I said with the creativity of, of how everything goes. Uh, has a pretty good conclusion story. I think it's up to interpretation how you want it to end, but I mm-hmm. think the overall important stuff is is closed on and, and talked about. And I'm trying, I'm trying to because there's a couple. I really do enjoy the little mini games you can play throughout the game. Okay, so my my question was: Is it a platformer first and foremost? Or is there a mis a mishmash of like genres here? It's a platformer at the in the beginning and to the end, but it has a lot of other things in it. Uh, but through and through, it's a platformer. Okay. It's a it's a three D platformer. Interesting boss battles too. They're not not nothing too complicated. It has very like I said, it goes with the area. It goes with the theme of the people themselves of what they do mm-hmm. and stuff like. It, and then to kind of mess around with your teammate. Or, or not team, but with, with whoever you're playing with, either with it being a friend or, you know, a, a, your your significant other. It has very funny moments you can do to mess around with the other person. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> that could either start a fight or just have very funny moments like that. But I, 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 I it's just my, my, my initial reaction to it was I did not expect it to be this good. And it was, I expected it to be okay. It was great. 
it was shockingly great, and I'm I'm very happy that I you know I actually played it. I played it with my uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, I guess I'll just, I played it with, uh, with a friend that we both know. Um, so uh, we played it through and through. It was very fun. Uh, it was a great game. We both enjoyed it. We had like I said, we had really dumb and funny moments. Uh, I liked the music. Uh, ah, the spoiler right there. But there's a music portion where you start making music, and it's yeah. it's, it's very great. I like I said, I'm very shocked at how well it re- it really is. Well, that's good. It's definitely, like, after you had played it and told me um, that it was good, I was like, okay, one of these days I'm going to need to play that. So one of these days I'll have to pick up a copy or... Um, I mean, one person, It was yeah. on Plus, but it was. Um, I don't have premium anymore, so I'll have to... It's probably not an expensive not game expensive, to pick up when no. it's on sale. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's one of the things where, honestly, if you have a friend or whoever likes to play it, it's a great game. It's very fun. Yes, and I imagine not entirely too long because of the nature Actually, of the game. Actually, it has a good length of story. It's not overly oh. long. You're not playing like, you know, uh I would like, you know, like GTA like, you know, 30, oh, 30 well, yeah, plus no, it's hours. Not, but yeah. it's not short like a 2-hour game. It actually has a pretty good amount of, of story. Yeah, yeah. Campaign. I'd say it's probably 10 hours, right? I, I I could check my play time, but I would roughly say Probably around there, yeah. Probably okay. makes sense. Yeah, it's a, de- it's a decent length for a type of game like that. I think, like I said, just shockingly great. So that probably just ended there. Um, Shall we move to number four, then? Yeah, I guess we can move to number four. I, I will say ahead of time, my number threes will go by very quickly because we will just a, a, a force. We will talk about those later throughout the year. But my at least my top three will go by very quick. My number four is another game that was on your list mm-hmm. last week. My number four is Street Fighter VI. Mm. Now... Street Fighter Six. I don't think it needs any introduction. We have talked. We we did an episode when that game came out that I just it was packed. I didn't like we we had so much to say about it when it came mm-hmm. out. Um, but Street Fighter Six, um, a complete revelation for fighting games. The template from this point going forward, I think, of how presentation and advertisement works for for these types of things um so we won't focus on the negatives of like microtransactions because you could say that about a whole bunch of games there's a lot of great games that do that yeah Yeah. um street fighter 6 i think it's very telling that i think it holds the record for the most i've played a game in a single day on launch day i think i spent maybe 12 or 13 hours playing this Mm -hmm. game because it's so good it's for the first time ever they've got this kind of like semi-open world story mode that we touched on where you're you know training your own custom character Mm -hmm. and going through metro city and other places in the world you're meeting the classic street fighter characters and the newcomers they're becoming your kind of masters so that you can learn and customize your character using their moves you're having like special event scenes with them or conversations but that's half the battle here there's also the battle hub where you go and sit down in like live cabinets and fight against people and then there's fighting ground that has your story modes um your arcade modes i should say your training modes combo trials there's an extensive gallery full of art from street fighters history Mm -hmm. there's playable capcom classic arcade games there is just so much going on with this game what we're here for is the actual gameplay. It takes the swiftness, I guess you could say, of Street Fighter V and mixes it up with some of the, the, the cool things from three, like a parry mechanic, which is done a little differently and less, more, and less complicated than three. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got the drive mechanic, the drive um, impact 
which gives you a chance to like break free of some damage to a hits i believe and, mm-hmm. and do a counter attack it's it's effectively a counter mm-hmm. um and there are you know ex moves are replaced with the drive moves uh moves it's basically the same thing where you're you're hitting two buttons to do an attack and it does a powered up version of that attack um but each character has access to all three of their supers so you're not having mm-hmm. to select one from a menu and you're not having to worry about oh am i picking the right one for the situation when you have all oh, three, yeah, they, level one two and three they used to do that i forgot about that they, like yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. yeah i totally forgot that street fighter like three especially did that where you had to pick a super you couldn't just yeah. have all three of them at like any moment and in five, your V moves themselves eventually had uh, a selector. Where yes, your I remember. Uh, move. Yeah, jury had two different types. I forgot about that. So those are gone, but a lot of them are incorporated into the actual character move sets mm-hmm. now. Um, there are two control schemes. There are classic and modern. I've tried both, and I've tried to make modern work. Mm-hmm. But when you it, have played too, Street no. Fighter for that long, yeah, it's the muscle it's, memory. It's the idea of fighting games. Especially, like, you could say Mortal Kombat has changed, but Street Fighter and Tekken, the the moves, and sp- they're all just memory. They're all just the same no matter what. Yes, they do add differences here and there with each iteration of each game, but through and through, the skeletal structure is still the same. You play the yeah. one character for so long, you're going to still remember the same move list because it will be the same. Like I said, maybe different, like, you know, Kami has a different one, but it's still it's the same move, but just in a different yeah. input you know direction but it's the same thing you'll you'll pick it up very quickly there's little you know tweaks here and there you'll still pick it up fairly quick compared to modern where it's a new type of different gameplay style that is not meant for older fighters to come in and learn that it's more or less that people who may not understand fighting mechanics the style and the old like the old style of it can at least still pick it up and start learning this new style that's a little more easier for newer people not for for veterans i mean yeah you're a veteran you could probably pick it up but it's one of those things where why put in the effort when you're just gonna yeah it's a whole different control scheme to learn so like Street Fighter is one of those things like Call of Duty where I can walk in and I can do a competent job as Ryu mm-hmm. or Kami or Ken, sometimes even Guile if I'm if I'm brushed up on 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 charge uh, mm-hmm. inputs. Um, but you know, modern is exciting because it's going to bring new people into that Street Fighter fold and allow them to you know go head to head with people that are you know all right at the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's an accessibility feature enough to where it's not like deterring people away from learning the complex fight, uh, mm-hmm. mechanics. Um, I just think for like me, I've been doing the same things in Street Fighter since I was very young, so mm-hmm. I can't. Same. Yeah. I, my brain is wired it won't, yeah. to quarter circle forward punch to do Hadouken. Yeah. Or it's... you know, uh, Dragon Punch motion and then kick to do you know Cannon Spike. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things where no matter how much you tell your brain just do this your muscle memory will just kick in. It's just years of doing that won't allow you to just change it overnight. And like I said, you yeah. probably maybe can change it, but it's just, why is it worth it? You're you're getting the same result, but you're changing up the, the way to get there. It's just so funny how that works with games, though, because sometimes it's more of a hindrance. Like, when I go back to Devil May Cry, I still make the same mistakes I've made for years and years and years because mm. I've only made those mistakes for years and years and years. So I can't do these crazy combo-type like things that you see videos of online. Um, it, it's, it's, it's similar with that in Street Fighter, but at least with Street Fighter, you're like, 
you can play competently without being a professional at Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Modern just helps that. So like, we talked about the way the characters are designed and everything and the, and the world feel um, last week. So this week, I'll just mention that the music uh, selections and, and stylings in this game are so cool. They're like the the most stylish music I've ever heard in a fighting game to where it doesn't feel like, oh, this is like an epic, like, Tekken-type mm-hmm. fighting game. No, this feels like you're literally doing Street Fighter. I-, I said it before, this is the most Street Fighter that Street Fighter has been. <laughs> and I- I- it's doing what it says on the box this time. But until, like... <laughs> I would say even, like... It's weird. I- the last... It's weird. It's feel like, unless we're talking about 2, when has Street Fighter been, like, a Street Fighter game? That is Well, three, 3 has those vibes, too. Like, this is such a Street Fighter 3 spiritual successor in my opinion mm-hmm. like it is the sequel to it but it does have the most street fighter 3 you know what i fighter. think i think what it is is that street fighter usually regardless when the the fights are in the streets there's a tournament going on in the background so mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a full-on just like people just walk around and something happens all oh, do a street fight i i get i guess i get that 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 uh vibe off of it yeah um aside from that the newcomers they're cool i don't think there's one bad character in this game whereas you know i feel like they're being a little more selective the seasons seem to be four characters i don't think it's going to end up with as many characters as five although i could be wrong it would just take longer Mm -hmm. um but so far like so good i know ed is coming out on february 27th and that's not the most exciting character but i still am interested in seeing how he plays in this because remember in five ed had more of a a different play style compared to everybody else because yeah. his play style was focused on pressing. You know, he two was at what a time. modern eventually would come to. That's basically what it was. It sure, was, it was for newcomers who who because they really do look at Ed and Five. Uh, both Double D and Eddie weren't in there, so Ed had to be a very simple character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you look and at he's his got a super, of course, but yeah, toast. but. <laughs> <laughs> but um you look at what he is he's a boxer he's he's yeah. he's m bison's uh underling which is i know different regions they have different uh boxer they call them usually by just their style so bar so he uh say he is oh what what is his name in america is not m bison what is balrog it? balrog yeah isn't he? like i i see i know in japan they call him m bison that's why they just go by oh boxer yeah but uh it's, and then M. Bison was, in Japan is Vega. Yeah, exactly. It's like... It's, and Vega it's is Balrog. It's all... It's, that's what they just say. I think it's like Claw, and then I forgot what they call M. Bison, or, or, or whatever they call him in order. I was going to say, oh, he, his style of fighting is very simple to understand. It's basic style of fighting. At least it's, it's boxing. There's not a lot of... I mean, there's kicks here and there, but to more or less, it's trying to get the simple, just like, button, like, presses in. Like I said, eventually what modern control schemes that it is in the game like like eventually six dropped with yeah i feel like between ed and luke in five is what street fighter six would kind of like tend towards with mm-hmm. its mechanics or its different control schemes um but yeah that's my number four street fighter six it's it's a instant classic i can't wait to see you know when they start dropping in more new characters i know we've gotten aki um, but the other three characters are, are are not newcomers, so I'm interested in seeing where they go with this because I feel like they've got some. I feel like the design team is cooking with this one, is what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like the designs. I like the the costumes with this game. I really do. Yeah, I wish there were more costumes, but you I know, know, and I wish they weren't so expensive. But that's a story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, what's your number four? My number four is uh, during the 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 month of uh, Game Mageddon. Ah, uh, uh, yes, Wallet October. <laughs> uh, Spider Man Two. Ooh. Now, really, really, really thinking about it, I will say that I am very, very heartbroken that Spider Man Two did not get a lot of wins during the Game Awards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spider Man Two is great. Them. It's it is. probably without a doubt in anyone's mind it's top three superhero games of all time let me ask you a question before you go any further we're not doing a category for best moment in a video game of the year but would you say that this for a game that released in 2023 this game has the single best moment of a game that has a couple great moments but there's one specific moment that i will spoil on that i'm very angry about because it involves a character i love yeah, yeah, so yeah. much and but i hate with, that it was with spoiled. that being said would you say that that's the best moment of a 2023 oh, video dude oh you know how because bad I, because i wanted, I, <laughs> I wanted I to extend for so long i was like can i just do this now can i just play this forever yeah Oh, because I was gonna say that is my favorite moment of the year for sure for for specifically twenty twenty three releases. You you know what you know what I agree. It's funny because co creator Tom McFarlane has always said he never liked that a certain character became sort of an anti hero. He says a, a good villain's a good villain through and through. You need a good bad guy, and for this character to to just be a villain, it was so great because he just like there nothing beats a great villain like this, and and. and it's just like, please, like this is such a great design and and character of all time, and it's so great, and I I love this character so much. I'm trying not to spoil it because I know there's people who probably have not played it. There's a yeah, lot of yeah. villains in this game. Trust me, there's a lot of them. You know, yes, one it, it is, is in, yeah. quite the ride when it comes to the villains. So when uh, I'll spoil it, Big Wheel. No, it's like <laughs> not Big Wheel, uh, but there is a, there is a Big Wheel Easter egg. It's funny. There I is. Probably, there's, there's an Easter egg for him, but yes, this game. It doesn't change. So it's like I said, if it's not broken, don't fix it, add on to it. Yes, it's the same type of swing and mechanics as the first game, but they're not changing up the gameplay because why change it? It works. It's great. It's great gameplay. It's great animation. It's great uh, web swinging. Why change all that? Just add on to it. Add, add new gadgets and, and abilities uh adding miles as a playable character and, and peter parker as playable character at the same time you know the whole like having multiple p- protagonists at the same time uh, and they do that classic insomniac thing of yes you're playing as two different characters and yes they have different moves but they still fundamentally control the same their mm-hmm. their attacks are mapped to the same buttons yes uh miles is a much he's a funner character to play with with his abilities until you get to a certain point with peter peter is very a plain spider-man compared to eventually you get to some point which the game has you know trailers have the whole purpose of what what it is like but it's like i still don't want to say a lot of it because there's people who don't know much about it because i hated i hated it so much that there was two things i was spoiled on that's why i will say i love this game and i think it's great we'll have a specialness at some point because we got into much more like death into it i have to go back and finish it because so many things were spoiled that like i said the one thing that i wish i was never spoiled on was spoiled for me i said you know what i'm and then one more thing came out i said you know what? i'm dropping everything i'm doing i'm just gonna no i don't care about any side missions i'm just finishing the game i'm finishing story i'm getting to the end just so i don't get spoiled for anything else um yeah. and like i said it's shocking how it didn't win i don't think it was nominated but it didn't probably which it didn't win i don't anything, think it won I don't think. it didn't win anything 
but it's top three superhero games of all time. Without a doubt in my mind, I would put this in top three. I would put money on it that it will be in most people's top three. Like I said, the Spider-Man is such a fun character, a f- great world, great city like New York, uh, design-wise and buildings and, and enemy types and, and all this stuff that it's just shocking that something like this... Um, it's funny. Something this amazing cannot win a single award. At least costume designs... I will say that the first one has much better costume designs for picks, but I feel like for both overall, they they could add more of those. Which what they should do is release a a, a fifteen dollar Spider Man one costume pack where it's all the that skins from the first one, like all the for all the ones from the first one, just throw them in the second game. And, maybe, and I would hope that they add the customization options to the old ones too, if they ever added them in, because there's like four different colors you can choose for all the new ones. Yeah, and so it's like maybe they can even split it half and half, where half goes back to Peter and half goes to Miles, so like they can determine which character gets what. Because like I said, through and through, they're both Spider Man, they're both great Spider Man. So it's just fun to see that after this. Like I said, no spoilers. There's still a continuation on what's going to happen on next. Seems to be a trilogy, which is the theme with most Spider-Man things. Seems to be a trilogy with these things. But Spider-Man 2, definitely, like I said, in my top three games uh, of superheroes. Probably most people's. And it's shocking that I didn't win an award. But like I said, we'll we'll get into an episode to talk about much more about it. And it's it was just it was great. It was an amazing game. It, I had a great time with it. It was fun. Uh, didn't like that a lot of people were trying to spoil it. I was almost there at the very end. I had a couple like the big thing I didn't want to spoil was spoiled for me. So uh, hate that it was spoiled, but it, it was more nevertheless a very fun game. All right then, shall we move on to the truly big top three for each of us? Yeah, because I said mine are gonna be pretty quick. Because we're gonna do like Spider-Man, we're, we're gonna do a lot more episodes on those. So we'll I'll talk yeah. about my top three. I, very I quick. guess it could be noted besides us doing a Spider-Man special that we are doing other specials based on certain games that we will be talking about here in a moment. <laughs> mm. Um, number three for me. Um, I'm a huge fan of rhythm games. Mm. I have played rhythm games for years i like the miku games on the playstation 3 and 4 the arcade version the ds versions i really love guitar hero i really loved dj hero and that was a thing it was something that i just spent Mm. countless hours and days and nights on um when i was younger and, and the games had released for for ps3 so there's always been something with rhythm games but on the nintendo 3ds there was released a game uh that contained songs from Final Fantasy games mm-hmm. and a few other Square Enix games. There was actually a sequel to that. And then an arcade game that was exclusive to Japan. And finally, Theatrhythm Final Bar Line comes along in 2023 as mm-hmm. my number three game of the year. This is the most extensive and comprehensive rhythm game i have ever played i believe it has over 500 songs spanning Mm. from all 16 mainline final fantasy games most of its spinoffs and dlc from uh, another vast swath of square enix titles as a matter of fact there is a, a saga pack in the dlc that had like eight songs and they were all like the top level songs from those games i consider it to be the greatest dlc ever released for a rhythm game ever 
Mm. Um, and the DLC came out at a pretty good clip. It came out once every couple weeks for the for a while, and then once every three weeks. So it did go from like February of twenty three to like November. I think was when the the Final Fantasy sixteen final pack came out, and they even added like three more songs to that from the from the original number. Um, mm. The the games divided up as Theatrhythm usually is into battle stages um like uh field stages and then like event stages so the event stages are like you it, it's more of a vertical stage where you've got like a clip scene recap from a game playing behind it um and the 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 field stages are like you're walking on a path so you're kind of like moving the stick up and down to you know have your characters continue to walk along and you might stop for a little brief combat encounter with an enemy or mm-hmm. boss um but the combat levels are like the main stages the battle music stages are where it really it's just like phenomenal on here um you have four um lanes where notes will come and you'll have notes where you have to hit a hit a button you can hit Mm. whatever button you want you'll have notes where you have to move a stick in a certain direction or two sticks in directions and then you'll have your hold notes and just the way that the music is synced up um with the with the charts in this game it, and and the sound effects the the feedback you get with every hit um it, it's it's it goes beyond something like a Fortnite festival or a, or a, or a, like a guitar hero where like you you are getting this audible thing that is making like a chiming noise every time mm-hmm. you hit something and it's keeping you on time with things so you're, it's allowing you to hit those perfects and those criticals a lot easier and it keeps you focused and engaged it and that's not to say anything about the collectible aspect of the game where you're doing missions, you're getting cards that just are there for you to look at. You mm. are raising characters' levels. You are choosing different um, items to take into battle or moves that like certain bosses might be weak to. Like you can have a team set up and um, you know set some people up with fire skills, some people up with ice skills, depending on what the situation calls for. But you also don't have to do that. You can mm-hmm. get through the game perfectly fine, not worrying about any of that. But certain missions that if you're about completing missions, um, you can do that. Um, there's an endless mode which will just keep throwing levels at you. Um, I'm I've gotten pretty. I've cleared every song on the ultimate difficulty. So there are four difficulties. There's like a beginner difficulty. There's a hard difficulty. There's ultimate. And then there's supreme. Supreme I've only been able to clear a few songs on because it is just that much of a jump. Um, But ultimate you could consider that to be the hardest before supreme. And um, I've cleared every song with at least an S rank except for one. And that one is just out of control. It's It's a 12. It's a 12 difficulty on ultimate which shouldn't actually happen. Um, But it just is. Um, but I mean, this is 500 songs and there's very few that aren't great. They've chosen the best of the best songs from all of these games. I think there's one or two omissions overall that I'm disappointed and never made it in. Mm. Like literally two songs that I would have said, okay, this could have gone well in, in theater them. Um, but with the DLC, especially that saga pack with the, I think it had eight, I'm telling you. Um, it, it's got the greatest selection of music in a rhythm game that I've ever played. This mm. is, this, it was so hard to make my top three because I felt like this could have been number two or even number one as well. But because of the nature of my top two, um, this had to be number three. This is a game mm. that will 
that is still on my home screen menu and will always be on my home screen menu because it is just that good. A game like this does not come around but once a generation or two. So number three, Theatrhythm Final Bar Line. What about you? What's your number three? <laughs> uh, my number three, we're going to go with a uh, uh, box set uh, that came out uh, during the same time period of, of Gamageddon. Uh, you know, the... the the massacre of my wallet October season. Yep. Um, we're talking about uh, Hideo Kojima's Metagear Solid series. I'm am a big Metagear Solid fan. Like I love this series so much. I love the characters. I love the games. Uh, we'll talk about more about this collection at some point because you're gonna have to go through it it's i i actually went through it fairly easy i expected it to take much longer i went through it within a couple weeks but yeah. all three of them now i have played the games but i've not mm-hmm. played the, the ps5 while. collection it's been yeah. it's been years it was the the blue point collection for ps3 was the the last time i've played yeah these. so we will have an episode about this i will get into some quick things about my topic is that we'll have an entire episode because i really do want to do this series properly because i just i love this series so much uh, it's, it's what I'm, it's, I don't know. I just, I love it so much. It's definitely, one of these is definitely top three, maybe even just number one of all time of games of just hands down all time. Nothing will ever top this. Um, but number three for me, I will have to say it's Metagir Solid 2. One and another one are on top of these. The reason why I prefer one over two, this is why Solid Snake is a great design and written character so when you have such a great and cool character have him in the beginning but then replace it for the majority for best of the game it does leave just like i don't want to play this character i want to play this character this character is a cooler character this is, this is a much cooler character i want i'd rather play with um in that respect did, did metal gear solid 2 pull a last of us part 2 before the um, last of us part 2 it pulled what Donkey Kong Country 2 did, where you don't get to play as the main character. Ah, uh, yes. Donkey pointed okay. the video game. Donkey pointed that out. That Donkey Kong Country did that, where they ch- took out the main character and put in a different one. The side. Although but, you could probably argue that Donkey Kong Country 2, like did playing as Diddy and Dixie, was more fun. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I would say Dixie. Uh, I'd still like. I wish there was like a, a fourth one where all. Yeah, four they could have done like an unlockable character or something. Yeah, I like, could beat the game. Like fun- new funky mode, but now Donkey. Yeah. Imagine new Donkey Kong Country <laughs> new donkey Two, mode. new funky mode. Yeah, new Donkey mode. <laughs> Um, but two, um, great graphics for the year it came out. It was a launch title. It was it's a PS2 impressive. launch title. Solid sixty frames. Uh, launch title, and and it's graphics that most games weren't looking like when the PS2 released. These were like this was like mid like life cycle graphics. Like GTA three didn't even look like this. These were were design choices that only Kojima could really like be like. Let's push this thing to its limit. How? What? What can we do when the, this console launches? What you know? What can we do? So, like I said, we'll get into so much depth, but just positives about it. I think uh, Raiden is a great character, but I just think there's a better character to play as, especially the main character of the series. So Raiden is much better as a side character in the later versions in the later down the line series games especially his own spinoff uh much better character in that because i feel like four and, and rising he's much much better in those um two kind of has a really really crazy concept of things that 
really do affect modern times. That Kojima was this far ahead of thinking what 20 years is going to look like. So it, it's the only, only the thing that Kojima can just do. It's just a Kojima thing. It's things that this is why this guy's number one. This is why this guy's top of the line. Everyone, th- this guy is, you know, the, the if I could give him, uh, it was an example, a, character, a person we can, you know, like talk about. I guess he's like, he, he's the Mike Tyson of video game development because it's like this guy is feared because of how great he is. He's like, oh, this guy's good. This guy knows what he's doing. People respect him regardless of what they do. They respect this guy. And two, like I said, great story. Uh, crazy concept. Still having that, that funny Kojima just crazy concept with a certain character. But I really like I, I really do like the story behind it. I like the, the theme behind it, the message behind it. And it has a really good, a couple good boss battles, honestly. It's really great. It's just that Solid Snake is a much better character to play. And especially since he is the main character of the series. Uh, but that's just quick for take on two. Like I said, mine's gonna be pretty quick, so I'll probably switch over to you. So, what what, what would be your what would be your number two? Now, usually it's not hard for me to decide. Mm-hmm. And I through this episode, I have still been tossing these two up. That's how down to the wire it is. So once mm-hmm. I say my number two, it, it shan't be changed. It's um, written in stone, yeah. Yeah. Um. So it, it's very hard because both of these. I have I had to get down to the wire. I was thinking about it last night. I had to get down to the wire with these. Why do I have a certain one ahead of where one of them is? Mm-hmm. My number two is a game that I waited years for. Mm-hmm. You could say the same thing about my number one. So, <laughs> um, but my number two came out earlier. My number two is a reinvention. Uh, of a classic series that started in the 80s mm-hmm. and has been turned into something else and for this installment in particular for the better so my number two from square enix is final fantasy 16 now mm. that is not to say this couldn't also be number one but it's my number two mm-hmm. final fantasy 16 took the themes the feel of the most serious Final Fantasies and turned them into a Devil May Cry game in its own right. There is mm-hmm. no turn-based element to this. There is very little in the way of like items to like equip your character with. There's a few slots, there's some customizable weapons that you can upgrade and everything. It's you know, it's still got those little tiny core bit of RPG mechanics to it, but for the most part, it's a character action game. And I think that works for this one um, because Final Fantasy 16 is all about big battles and that's what makes this game so good. Um, Final Fantasy 16 has the highest level, the pinnacle of set pieces in any game I've ever played in the form of its icon fights, the main boss battles of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, not only are they the best boss battles I've ever encountered, but they are so far above and away from every other boss fight in in video games there are games that have incredible final boss fights Mm -hmm. to where this game has a boss fight in the middle of it that leaves all those other games incredible boss fights in the dust and then it does one that's even bigger and crazier after that and it just keeps going 
Um, I remember that the state of play for Final Fantasy 16 described it as a high-speed roller coaster, and I would say if you're going through the game and not doing any of the side stuff, it is. It is the most exhilarating, never letting up, constantly doing action, right from go. Like, you you know how you talk about a game you don't want a slow start with tutorial windows and everything? Mm. Play Final Fantasy 16. this thing throws you right into a, like... Uh, 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 like on rails shooter style boss fight, and the genres will change in the in the boss fights. There's one that's like a like one of the uh, like a shoot 'em up style thing where a whole bunch of things are coming at you, and you've got to like get out of the way or go through like certain holes in a wall that's coming at you. There's one that um, feels very Sonic the Hedgehog, and then. You know, I'll I'll leave that to the imagination. There is a boss fight in this that starts with a very much like a Sonic the Hedgehog section. Um, there is a boss fight where you know you're doing this dragon laser thing in space, and that's not even close to the end. You've still got like half a game to go after that. So there are incredible moments in this game. The story is a serious story that takes place in a world that hates your character, um, or anybody who's like your character. It's very. It's got a lot of, like grim implications and seriousness to it it's not a story that i would say is like your typical like semi-lighthearted final fantasy or square enix flair um this is almost anti kingdom hearts where kingdom hearts can get dark but it's like a light and fluffy tone final fantasy 16 has very few moments of levity because there's impending doom around every corner but the people that are in this world hate your character and everything about him um it, it feels like The Witcher in that regard. The world is out to get you. Um, but the game gives you so many tools to fight back against this world. Every time you defeat an icon, you get their power. So instead of summons, you embody the power of the icon. And you can start using the ice attacks when you get Shiva. Or you can start using the thunder attacks when you get Ramu. Um, fire attacks, you start with Ifrit. You get these fire attacks from him and Phoenix. Um, but just... The level design is really cool. It's it's corridor based or like open open area based where you're going through in a linear fashion and the levels can be replayed as stages just like in any hack and slash type game. Um where the game falters a smidge is the uh in between. Um most of the side quests are uninspired fetch quests um and the open world itself is is small and you can really and, and it's not an open world in the fact where you're like having to go around a huge map it's just you select an area and there might be a field where you can go fight some monster to do a side quest but mm-hmm. it, it pales in comparison to the main stories just breakneck pace um it's three time periods so you you play as clive when he's younger you play as him when he's like in his 20s and then you play as him when he's in his 30s and you know there are so many cool side characters in this and the plot just kept me engaged from the beginning. Where it starts out as something very not Final Fantasy, there is a pivotal moment early on where you're like, I forgot, I'm playing a Final Fantasy game. There's there's magic and evil wizardry afoot here, and you know it will eventually culminate in a Final Fantasy final boss with four phases where you know the world is at stake and magic is being thrown around and. It, it just culminates to that point. But the non-Final Fantasy elements make this sh- this game shine so much brighter. The fact that for a while you do forget you're playing a Final Fantasy game really helps. Because 
Final Fantasy has always been a series where you can hop into whatever one and not have to worry about things that happen in other Final Fantasy games. This is a game that you could say is Final Fantasy 1. Like, you can hop in this without playing a single other one. So I would urge people not to ever let the numbers in a Final Fantasy deter you unless there's specifically a sequel like Final Fantasy 13 2 or 10 2. Then you know well, it's specifically a sequel. They do that. They don't this the numbers doesn't say this is the sixteenth in this series of story. It's saying it's the sixteenth installment of its own storyline. If it's yes. a sequel to it, they'll add a dash two or dash four or dash three. They'll add the dashes to it. Even like seven rebirth. Like they'll add somewhere we're still connected to that one. Yeah. So like I said, there is a boss fight in the middle of this game, and then the next stage has another boss fight. And these two boss fights, I cannot decide which one I like better, but I know that they are the two greatest spectacles I have witnessed in a video game ever. Mm -hmm. And it will be hard to top them. This is some kind of unimaginable thing that Square Enix has pulled off with these two mid-game boss fights to where I just cannot see anything replicating mm -hmm. them like i know we talk about the the tutorial boss in spider-man 2 the the fight against mm -hmm. um the sandman think of something on that scale but like 20 times bigger and a hundred times as flashy and you mm -hmm. have this middle of the game boss in final fantasy 16 it is really just something to behold and anybody who's not interested in doing a, a hack and slash for whatever reason just go watch the fights i mean this is a 40 minute long boss fight and it is just you're out of breath by the end of it i was literally out of breath by the end of it because it just keeps pulling out surprises left and right and it just ends with the biggest like pop off moment like i mm. i had to stand up it was crazy just if a game can elicit those kinds of emotions in me i feel like i like that game mm. But yeah, that's my number two, Final Fantasy 16. And I'll tell you why my number one is my number one when we get to it. Anyway, Robert, what's your number two? My number two, uh, quick and simple, uh, Mario Solid 1. It's a PS1 uh, game. Uh, Surprising, it still holds up very well. Uh, the reason why it's over two, you know, graphically doesn't look better than two, but like I said, Solid Snake is the main protagonist. He's a very well-written character, very well-written story too. Uh, very interesting ideas they had, uh, Kojima had even back in the 90s. Like, I know there's a secret. This, this probably will never happen with modern players, but back in the 90s, if you played Metagross Solid on a mono television, the game will tell you, oh, you're using a mono television. The stereo is preferred because it will help a certain boss battle. So it's very funny how the game will break the fourth wall. Uh, back of the CD case, Merrill's codec number, stuff like that. Like I said, there's very, like, just fun to do and crazy to think about that was being you know oh, i learned about, about that from the game land helpline oh man that helpline i wonder if they'll do that <laughs> in 20 years from now for uh but uh another thing about the first game is uh the funny uh the certain specific boss battle that you have to so there's a the thing of like how do we get a certain boss battle because you have to change the number two controller port into the secondary port like if you're playing one you have to put that first one in the secondary port and it's it's weird how the game figured it out i feel like it was the only realistic way to do so there's gonna be no other way besides actually just making the game from the ground up so it was the only realistic way to do it um 
I know there's a lot of issues with the whole thing being emulated. I didn't find no issue with being emulated at all. I really do think it probably was the only way to do it without having to make a ground-up remake of it. Um, it has a very like surprisingly the 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 AI enemies like so this game being like from the nineties. They're they're not you know it's like you know PS one you know style of enemies where you could just go a little bit towards the right and they won't see you but they can still go by just footsteps alone and sound. Uh, and then you know it'll alert the enemy to go check something out. It's I beat this game I think without alerting any of the guards without the initial just you know cutscene mandatory uh, alarm like alarm uh alarmant sounds. Um, and it, like I say, it still holds up very well for how old it is. Yeah, something that always impressed me with the first one is that it feels of like a very small scale game, but it's a Kojima game, and there's usually so much dense detail mm-hmm. packed into small areas, mm-hmm. be it a visual thing or something to do with like how things react or how certain things are moved around to where it, uh, even a small area in Metal Gear Solid 1 and, and 2 and 3 for that instance as well, mm-hmm. a small area feels densely packed with information that could change the way something reacts depending on how you move through it or what you do in it. There's yeah. millions of ways to, to, to approach situations. Yeah, so, like I said, it still holds up super well to this day. Um, if I had to say anything else about it, initially, just like I said, the quick thoughts about it. That most games from this era, the 64 and PS1 era, a lot of them don't hold up. A lot of them, like, these days have been lost and and put back. The score of these games have been put way back just of the age of time because, you know, how much we've change of gameplay and, and, and graphics but also just the feel and control of the character in the game this still holds up like i said it still holds it very super well so you know I, i'm very excited to talk about this whole series eventually down the line but that will be my quick take on on my number two what about uh your number uh one dan what, what you got for number one well i was just gonna say based on, on on the last thing you said like the way games change and all that like if you think about it like first person shooters used to be like press triangle to jump like yeah. on the ps2 i'm like oh my god i'm so glad that we don't have stuff like that anymore yeah <laughs> or like the the triggers wouldn't actually fire or like you wouldn't have like a, a aim down sight you'd have like a toggle like even bioshock mm. had like a toggle instead of aim down sight um but yeah number one then so we've already talked about my number one on this episode <laughs> my number one is Spider-Man 2. Oh. Now, Spider-Man the two. reason that I had so much difficulty deciding between Spider-Man 2 or Final Fantasy mm. 16 is my number one, is that Final Fantasy 16, both of these games I completed, like, all the main content and all the side content. Um, Spider-Man 2 has the the benefit of its side content being super engaging for the most part, um, there is very mm. little time in Spider-Man 2 where I wasn't exhilarated by playing another Spider-Man game. Whereas in Final Fantasy 16, because I didn't mainline the story, the side content came in interesting batches where you might have a little and then towards the end of the game you had a ton and it's just like that uh-huh. kind of slowed things down for me to a glacial pace. So I feel like this comes down to how I approached playing the games. And Spider-Man 2 just... It, its side content kept me engaged and it kept me going 
Um, if I was going to say one bad thing about Spider-Man 2, it would be that the first two Mary Jane sections um, just didn't do it for me. Um, I, uh, they're all right. I think they... They, they, they were better I, than the first one. Yeah, but... not preferred, <laughs> but they didn't... I understand why some people may not like it. I really do. But if I was going to say, if, if I popped in Spider-Man 2, I was having fun the entire time. When I was playing Final Fantasy 16, I was having fun probably 90% of the time. And then 90% of the time, I was like going to find a potion to give to yeah. somebody. <laughs> I, would, I would say the MJ parts are the shortest part of the game. You will not yeah. be in those parts. At five, ten minutes tops, you'll be in yeah. those sections. So that's to say most of Spider-Man 2 kept mm. me engaged. The side content had interesting stories and characters that, you know were new and carryovers it had some emotional side missions i think you know the one um a couple of them actually but it had such a great cast of characters i mean harry was so cool in this um the villains were menacing you know you got a look into sandman's mind through little Mm -hmm. like crystals you could find throughout the plot um, you got to look at a uh, 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 Quentin Flynn, a Mysterio who is trying to reform. Um, this feels like the Spider-Man story that should be happening 10 years into him being Spider-Man, and it is. It gives him new allies. It gives him new enemies. It gives wrinkles into the plot. It, it, it has a great starting gambit going on here with Craven being a really just... Probably a, like one of the all-time great interpretations of Craven, just being yeah. a ruthless like monster in his he, own right. He in I feel like older iterations was never. It was like yeah, this guy is a hunter, but he's just like a comic book of the week villain. He was never yeah. in the top contenders of like the 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 villains of of Doc Ock, Green Goblin, you know, yeah. Venom stuff like that. Where it's like these are top of the line villains, right? Craven's definitely with like Scorpion, where they're they're menacing, but they're not, you know, Spider Man's arch nemesis. Craven in this one, oh man, this is probably the best Craven we've ever he's, gotten. He's strong, he's intelligent, and he knows that's how to what makes him scary. Things. He's and intelligent. I, th- I think that the most wild thing Insomniac did in this game, without spoiling who, when, why, or what, is that Craven was also used as a vehicle. To show you that there's an even crazier villain. Also, this isn't prime Craven. This is Craven not even in his prime. That's yeah. what's the craziest part. This Craven is not a young Craven. This is a much older Craven. This Craven has been in the game for a very long time. You know, it doesn't mean that age is 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 you know a a, a bad part of him because you know with with age comes knowledge and skills. So it does give him a little bit better skills. But it's another thing that's just like this is not in his prime Craven. This is a Craven that. This is... I don't think regular Spider-Man could even have a chance. There yeah. was a, no doubt that he would have just not made it through. It's a Craven who's still looking for the best hunt of his life. And yeah, does he get it? You'll have to play Spider-Man 2 yeah, to find it's, out. It's the greatest type of villain where the villain doesn't think they're doing anything wrong. They're doing it in the sense they know... They don't care what they do because in their mind it's it's the way it is. And so there's no stopping that. It's that Todd McFarlane thing you were talking about. A villain will be the villain. Yeah, nothing beats a great villain. Nothing will beat a a, a very well-written... Like I said, he genuinely thinks that no matter what he's doing, he doesn't think he's wrong. So there's no talking him out of what he's doing. It's not a guy you can talk to. It's just, nope, it's just how it is, and it's how it's going to be. So you've got the gameplay improvements from Miles Morales being Mm -hmm. injected into the main game. You've got the two characters and their evolving skills, suits, abilities, whatever, as you go. 
um, the improvements to just about all all the movement in the game um, mm-hmm. through new skills and everything. Um, the the side content being great, the story having that emotional Spider-Man punch because to me a Spider-Man story also has to, it always has to be there always has to be an emotional thing, an event, yes. a tragedy. Yeah. That's what Spider-Man is. And look at every Spider-Man movie. There is a tragedy that is paramount to the character of Spider-Man. Either either the it's the villain. Or, or the protagonist, the antagonist, whatever it may be, the hero, the villain. Something must happen to a character to show a meaning behind all of it. That even Spider-Man, having abilities that he has, sometimes there's just certain things that even superpowers can't fix. Or, yes. or, or be in, in the right, you know, right place, wrong time, wrong place, right time. Whatever it may be, even Spider-Man has... To triumph over things that I feel like most people can actually relate to. Yeah. That even with superpowers, Spider-Man is still Peter Parker. He's still a human being under that costume. And I don't think every superhero story has to have that. Like no. a Batman story doesn't have to ha- doesn't have to have something related to um, Thomas and Martha dying in, in Crime Alley. But a Spider-Man story does have to have another character going through something be it a mentor like in the first game or you know aunt may or uncle ben even in in the origin stories spider-man's spider-man's plots revolve around something happening to somebody that's out of peter parker's control and it's a scary thought but it's it's such it's such a theme of that character to go look like look at any spider-man movie Every movie, it's that's that same kind of ethos for Spider-Man. But the whole point um, is that even in troubling times, even when the hero has self-doubt, the hero, like, like I said, it, 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 it connects to a human emotion. It connects to a real, like that human emotion, the human spirit. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's funny. It's like Godzilla minus one. Even after all that, it connects with that human will spirit. So yeah. it, it just has a, a good feeling at through and through, regardless of the outcome of the tragedy. It's the the protagonist, not necessarily making you know maybe the you know Spider Man will never be Spider Man forever in the sense of he's not a hundred percent complete, but he's willing to sort of let it kind of not go, but at least process it through in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, I guess last things to say here would be the game does give some good teases for potential DLC, but I think it's giving some good teases oh, for potential trilogy. sequels. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's definitely some stuff that I could see being DLC, but there's a few things in here that I'm like, oh, they are 100% saving that for a, a sequel, including its post credit scene, um, mm-hmm. which really is going to shake things up for, for Spider-Man 3, which, you know, we're nowhere near that coming out. No, but, this... You know what? I love this game. <laughs> I guess that's, that's, that's what I'll say. Uh, my number one, Spider-Man 2, I, I love this game. I love all my top 10, but I really love this game. I can't this wait a good for, top 10. For new game plus robert we still got to talk about your number one i know it's a game that's very special to you this i i'm, I'm really looking back at everything it may it, it, it's probably number one in open world it's definitely number one in self games definitely number one stories and definitely number one you know characters you know maybe donkey kong trilogy can top it maybe like seness prince of persia can top it stuff like that can definitely like depends on i the can day, debate right? on it yeah depends on the day this is definitely in my top three definitely top two 
like I said, probably even still number one, just how much I love this game. Even throughout this series where I love Five, I love Peace Walker. I really do love Peace Walker. I love Phantom, you know, like Ground Zero's Phantom Pain, like I said, Five. I love Four. I love One and Two. Metal Gear Solid 3 is probably without a shout, a, a shred of doubt in my mind. It is the number one game for me of all time. There, it, it has the best character. Well, here we go. Number one, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Um, best character, best antagonist, best setting, best theme, best details to gameplay of with the environmental, you know, enemy types and 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 hunger and like eating, surviving and thriving, uh, breaking bones, medicines. It, it's so well detailed. I do not think there's another game in modern times. That is as detailed as Metal Gear Solid 3. Yes, it has a lot of funny Kojima, like, over-the-top moments. But the story behind it, it's very, very scary in the sense of it was a real thing that generally was happening. And I'm not talking about a giant robot. It takes place during the Cold War. That is a very scary moment for either side because it was full on. Everyone was on high alert at any moment. Nobody knew what was coming up. So the imagination of the human mind was at its absolute worst because to not know what's going on. It takes place after very historical moments like the Cuban Missile Crisis. That was very scary for everybody. And so it gives this idea of the setting is trying to take place. It's very high tense situation that every character is in and the outcome of Big Boss having to uh or at this moment he's just snake he's just plain old john just snake he has to take out his mentor which is not only someone he looks up to might be his lover might not be might not be in a way of like lover in the sense, but someone he knows that this is someone they share this is someone he was in a a hole with and someone he could trust so how do you for someone you knew for all your life you put your life on the line for you trust this person in your life now you have to take him out this is your best friend you're someone that you could just say regardless of anyone in my life this is the one person i can trust now they're your enemy and it has a, such a great theme of of enemies and times and and what to do and it, it's so great that Metal Saw 3, I think, generally has one of the best stories. Like I said, it even has its over-the-top moments. Best boss battles, the Cobra unit. Don't, the boss battles oh, are great. I love the Cobra unit. How you can... Every player will have a different experience with every Cobra battle unit. Like, the fear, I can beat him in, like, 10 seconds. Some people may take him 10 hours. Some people may take him 10 minutes. It, it all depends on how well you know the game and how you understand how each enemy moves. Like, obviously, when I first played, I didn't beat him in 10 seconds, but eventually, how well i got to know the game i eventually beat him in 10 seconds i've platinum this game i planned them in hd version probably planning on planning uh this on the ps5 on the most hardest difficulties and i have been the hardest difficulty i was gonna say on um on the on the boss battles the boss battles feel like the evolution of that thing i was talking about earlier with metal gear solid one where a very small thing can have a very you know a vast scope of ways that it can be approached and ways that bosses can react um and that's what the bosses felt like to me. My favorite one being some of that Kojima silliness where you can take a boss down in a cutscene. <laughs> yes. Uh, po- after a post-cut, you can literally take out a whole boss and it won't be... It, it, it affect your game. Like, let me tell you, the, the, the amount of details in this game where little things like that can affect the outcome of certain things is generally crazy to think about. The references that the movies that are, are referenced in this game, uh, ideas in the future, it, it, it's so great. That I can play Metal Gear Solid 
it, it, that 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 question, deserted island. What you know, game you're bringing? If Metagross Solid Three was the only game I've brought, it was I will still be playing it till whatever. Either I start to death or I, I eventually get rescued. Either or that comes first. I love this game so much. It's it. It's just a great game, and it, it oh, it's just so much fun. I know I will say a couple things about it. I really will get into much details of the story and 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 weapons and and characters and and why Big Boss, you know, Snake John is one of the best written characters of all time. I love Snake. He's probably top five characters of all time. There will never be another character written like Snake, and I really do love this series that kojima has made especially this third one because usually the third one is the weakest one of any top most things of the series this is it's at its best oh i i could go on forever but i will save that for an episode i really i really do love this is number one all right well there you have it our top five so between these two episodes we have selected each the top 10 games we have played in 2023 i know i harp on it a lot but we never stick to the exact year because there's always like run over or runoff or games that we are replaying that are just that good um or games from 20 years ago like ridge racer that i'm like okay or like 25 years ago i should say like a good game will always be a good game i think that's fair to say right <laughs> it's one thing where some games the 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 controls and some of the age this game has not aged for me yeah it's it's aged super well i've played it um but i've only i've not played the fixed angle version i've only played the the um hd collection version but Mm -hmm. yes it's very it feels very modern something about those kojima games man i've liked all the ones that i've played (laughs) so yeah um we will definitely do some metal gear solid specials when i get to the when I get to the point where I can play the collection this year, you know, every, everything else I'm playing, mm. I need to make time for those because they're brief. They're not super long games by, by any no. stretch. Um, but replaying them uh, on PS5 will, will be cool since, you know, the last time I played was the, the Blue Point ones and then Peace Walker. I played on the PSP. So, oh, God. yeah. All right. Well, that's that. Next week, then, I think we've got uh obviously it's some in-depth state of play and whatever else announcements news or whatever we might catch up um we've got a launch lineup episode coming up here at some point we've got some regular episodes too because like i i am bubbling up here to talk about uh like a dragon infinite wealth a game that has so many other games inside of it that i think that the amount of content we can get out of discussing infinite wealth <laughs> is for lack of a better word infinite <laughs> um but for right now robert would you say we've done an episode i think that should wrap up this uh we, overly long this extended I guess it's a special episode. yeah a double the length of a usual episode i know we're gonna go back down to fit this is just a special because you want to get through our top yeah, five yeah, yeah, yeah i think i think i should wrap up a good what we're, what we're talking about all right guys we want to thank you so much for listening please follow us on x at markers on the map and leave, listen to us on apple Podcasts and spotify where five star ratings and reviews would be appreciated and we do end every episode with a remastered world famous video game quote and this week's quote is you know ellie we really are the ghost of tsushima remastered which sounds like a good game to me and we'll see you next time bye later <laughs>